Next, this month's special series, Focus on Global Medicine. ReachMD is taking an in-depth look at how medicine is working toward health and longevity for people around the world. Join us all this month for the latest medical research and treatment across borders. Welcome to Focus on Global Medicine on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Bill Rutenberg, and joining us to discuss nurse migration is Dr. Barbara Shear, Professor Emeritus at the University of Delaware School of Nursing. For more than 35 years, Dr. Shear has been actively involved in the nurse practitioner movement and has held regional, state, and national positions in nurse practitioner organizations, including President of the American Academy of Nurse Practitioners, Chair of the National Alliance of Nurse Practitioners, and Chair of the Fellow of the American Academy of Nurse Practitioners. Hi, Dr. Shear, and thanks for joining us on ReachMD. Hi, thank you very much for the invitation. Nurse migration, is that the answer to the shortages in our country and around the world? Well, I think because it is an international issue, if we just move nurses from one place to another, it is not the answer. It's a multifaceted problem, and we need to come up with some solutions. You've been very involved in this problem and trying to find the solution. The logistics itself of nurse migration, how does one go about finding candidates and recruiting? What's the process, say, for a hospital that's facing a nursing shortage to go out and try and fill their needs with nurses from other countries? Well, I think the most important aspect is that the nurses are culturally competent and they speak English because that would be the most important thing for success. I know the University of Pennsylvania has a program, and I would think that this would be a good program to institute in other places, whereby they phase in the global nurses. So they have a pre-admission before they come in. They're connected to a buddy, and they then are helped through the process of it being admitted to the country. The buddy will then meet with them, help them with housing, help them with the area. After that, they have... um, orientation sessions, they meet with other nurses, they have classes on health, the healthcare system. They are learned, they are taught how to use the technology in, within the hospital so that they can be more effective. And they always have a buddy to go to if they have issues. And they're phasing them in over a five, uh, they have five phases of this system. And it seems to be pretty effective in that hospital. But I think it's, it's an injustice to foreign nurses to bring them into this country and then just kind of drop them without any support systems. Many of them end up in major cities because the resources are not in rural areas. And we also have significant nursing shortages in rural areas. Do you feel that we need to be more inventive, creative in our own nursing schools. I know one of the hospitals I'm at, the School of Nursing, closed probably 10 years ago. Isn't it sort of an indictment of the American system that so many foreign nurses are needed to fill the vacancies? Oh, I think we have significant issues in this country. These are qualified people. And the reasons listed for the turning down of qualified applicants was the first number was lack of qualified faculty. We have limited resources such as classrooms, laboratories. With clinical placements are getting to be a significant issue. Nurses who work in the hospital are just inundated with students all the time, and we're dealing with budgetary cuts. In the U.S., students 
bear most of the brunt of the education, whereas in other nations, it's underwritten by the nation in the national health system. I think we also have to look at our health system and what we're doing. We spend a lot of money, and this is beyond the scope of nursing. This, this is a general statement. We spend a lot of money on the first month of life and the last year of life or the last month of life. I think our resources need to be geared toward prevention. Some of these kids are not getting immunized. And we also need to be more proactive in having our citizens take charge of their own health care, take charge of their life and their lifestyle issues. We know that diabetes and heart disease are among the leading causes of death, yet we have an obese population. So I think we need to look at that in terms of how we're going to deal with the shortage. It's a whole health care issue. Speaking about bringing nurses in from other countries, you mentioned a nursing faculty shortage. Are we importing nurses to teach at our nursing schools from other countries? Usually not. It goes the other way around. Many nurses are coming in from other countries to get doctoral degrees from our nation or to get advanced degrees like nurse practitioner degrees, and then they go back to their nation and they head up the schools. You've done a lot of work in relation to advanced practice nursing. Have you seen much migration of advanced practice nurses from other countries around the world? Around the world, it's just starting. Although nurse practitioners have been in existence in this country for 40 years, it's a relatively new phenomenon in other nations. And right now, there are about 50 nations who are involved in the advanced practice movement. Now, this is an issue that we are dealing with because not all nursing at the basic level is at the same level. So what we have done with the International Council of Nurses, we have formed a network of nurse practitioners and advanced practice nurses. And what we have been able to do is define advanced practice. And we have defined advanced practice at the master's level. And we have just completed scope and standards of practice. So many nations are using these as a stepping stone. The way advanced practice is evolving in internationally depends on the needs of the country. For instance, we're all at the master's level, and now we're talking about being at the doctoral level. In Thailand, they had the legislation to have what they called nurse practitioners or advanced practice nurses, and they were going to have 4,000 out in a year. Now, they didn't have the infrastructure to do that, but they had the legislation to do that. In order to help these nurses get out there in the community, they took nurses in, at various levels, gave them a quick course and sent them out. And eventually they will come back in for additional education. But that's how they're increasing their numbers. So a nurse under those circumstances would never be able to come into the United States because she just would not have the credentials. So what we're hoping for is to develop international standards, not that every country would need to meet those standards for practice within their nation because that probably is not possible. But if you want to move from nation to nation, the criteria would be there for that international movement. But we're really just in the infancy in that. And with the EU Bologna process, the nursing group has met, and they will come up with standards throughout the EU by 2010. That's their goal. And the minimum level to migrate will be at the bachelor's degree. For advanced practice nurses now? No, advanced practice nurses will be at the master's degree. But they have to work it out for the baccalaureate first, and then we'll be moving to the master's. So that really will 
significantly increased the standard for nurses coming into this country and I guess throughout the European Union then to require a bachelor's degree. And right now to come into this country as an advanced practice nurse, you need to be nationally certified by our certifying body, which means they have to take another test. It's a multi-tiered process. They come in and they take the NCLEX, so they need to be licensed as a registered nurse. Mm -hmm. And then they have their credentials reviewed by our certifying bodies. They take a certification exam. They need to pass that, and then they apply for their second license. One of the first nurse practitioners in Swansea, Wales, and she graduated from a program that met the standards of our national organization. Actually, they used our guidelines to develop that program. She was coming into Texas, and things were not online. The end result was it took her four years to be licensed as an advanced practice nurse. Now, since then, things have been streamlined. There are things online, so you can do the application. You can do some of the testing for the basic testing online. We hope that it is cut down, but probably it takes at least a year to come in as an advanced practice nurse. That's not an unreasonable time, I would think. At least it ensures that we're bringing in people of the quality of the nurse practitioners we're training in our own country. But at this time, probably the only nurses that would be eligible would be from the U.K., Australia. I see. Do you see foreign recruitment as a primary strategy to solve nursing shortages Or do you think that's a long-term solution? I don't think it's a long-term solution. I think it's going to be a problem. I think, first of all, we're draining the other nations. Their health care issues are increasing, and all countries will continue to have a need for more and more nurses. So I think recruiting more nurses, I told you that only like 5,000 are recruited every year into the U.S. because of our standards. I think it's a Band-Aid. Looking at the numbers that we need and the numbers that the world needs, it's a Band-Aid. One thing that really impressed me in our hospital is a number of the nurses who come into this country are not coming in as RNs, and I think you had mentioned this as well, because they don't necessarily meet our standards. But I'm just so impressed how many of them are going to school to improve their educational level so that they can become RNs. Is that something that I'm just a local phenomenon that I've noticed, or do you see that the foreign nurses or people coming in with nursing training from other countries but are not qualified to work at the level of an RN, say in a hospital, are eager to improve their educational status? They are. Many are coming in and doing that and applying for our programs. There are also many physicians whose standards do not meet our standards, so they are coming in and going to nursing programs because they're shorter and they're becoming nurses. Interesting. Interesting. But what are we going to do? Uh, If you could call up President-elect Obama (laughs) and say, you know, you're interested in improving the health care in the United States. We have a huge nursing shortage, and it's going to only get bigger. Let me give you a few pointers. What would you tell him to do? (laughs) Well, I think we have to revise our health care system. And I understand um, Daschle will be doing that. He just gave an interview to the Wall Street Journal. So he will be looking at ways, and I have worked with him in the past, and I have hope that we will have some solutions. Obviously, all the programs need some funding, but so does everybody else, and so does the economy. But I think we need to look at how we are teaching nurses. Maybe there are other ways of doing what we're doing, but we certainly need to have more faculty as our faculty population ages. I think there also has to be a reason to want to be faculty. You know, our joke was 
the higher you go in nursing, the higher educational level, the lower your salary. <laughs> <laughs> Sad but true. Right. So my students were graduating making more money than I did. So I think we need to have some equity there. Also, there, with the shortages, nurses are being called upon to do more and more. They have more acute patients. They have less staff. And it's, it's, it's extremely stressful. So I think we need to uh, alleviate some of those situations that we have in hospitals. Would you recommend a scholarship program for people entering the nursing profession? Absolutely. Funded by the federal government? Yes. We've had that in the past, and our funding has been cut and cut and cut. So we certainly need that. Now, Medicare funds a number of residencies, either directly or indirectly. I'm not sure of all the financial mechanism that takes place. Does there any of the Medicare dollars go to nursing education? It's certainly not proportionate, mm-hmm. and not proportionate for primary care. We could certainly use more dollars for nursing education, for mm-hmm. labs, and then we would be able to take our, our qualified nurses in. Besides language, and obviously I, I'm on patient safety committees and with readbacks and call, you know, verbal orders, language is absolutely imperative. Are there other cultural barriers, and are you seeing any good solutions for them? What are the problems, other problems, that nurses coming into this country are having adjusting to sort of our system? I think it's fitting into the community. First, they have to be comfortable within the community and with the population that they are working with. For many of the nurses, food is an issue. They can't find the kinds of foods that they're used to eating, and that, that's an issue. They can be real assets working with the immigrants in the immigrant population. I had a Portuguese student who then went to New York to work with the Portuguese in primary care, and she had a significant impact because she knew the language and she knew the culture. So as we have more and more immigrants, these nurses will be able to play a certainly a very important role. If you had a take-home message to a nurse currently located in another country who wanted to come to the United States, what would your advice to her or to him be? Do research. We have websites that are very helpful. The best way to start is to look at the individual state that you want to come into. And every state is listed with the National Council of State Boards of Nursing. And that website is www.ncsbn.org. Thank you very much for that useful information. And I'd like to thank Dr. Barbara Shear, who's been my guest, on this special Focus on Global Medicine on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at reachmd.com, which features our entire interview library available through on-demand podcasts. Or call us toll-free with your comments and suggestions at 888-639-6157. And thanks for listening. I wish you good day and good health. You've been listening to this month's special series, Focus on Global Medicine. For a program guide and a complete list of shows, please visit us at reachmd.com.